From Nashville, Tennessee, Southwestern Family of Companies welcomes you to the Action Catalyst. Each week, we share insights and inspiration for movers and shakers in the world of business. Our goal is to help you increase your self-discipline, overcome procrastination, and help you to take action on all the things that really matter. The business world is changing. It is changing, and this year, we're going to spend a little bit of time talking more about marketing. Why? Because, um, and this was an article that I wrote on my blog um, towards the very start of the year, maybe it was at the very end of of last year, um, about 10 predictions about the future of selling in 2016 and beyond. And, you know, Southwestern Consulting, we have the vantage point of working and training and coaching a lot of salespeople. We see a lot of different sales audiences, but then also in our work as like speaker, author, writers, marketers, consultants, coaches, um, and you know, podcast hosts and stuff. We are also uh, on the on the sort of leading edge of the information, and you are by way of tuning into this podcast of the things that we are learning. And what we really think is happening is that there is a coalescence of sales and marketing. At least that's what I foresee happening. I think in the past, we've had the world of selling and it was sort of like hand-to-hand combat and it was offline, it's picking up the phone, it's knocking on doors and we talk a lot about that with our clients and that is still more valuable. I mean, that's more valuable today than ever before. The ability to generate a sale through an immediate conversation. I don't think that is going anywhere, but... What is changing is that a lot of those conversations are directly influenced by marketing. They're directly influenced by trust. And uh, Google introduced something uh, a few years ago called the uh, ZMOT, a zero moment of truth. And it's this idea that, um, you know, trust used to be established through a personal relationship, through a one-on-one conversation. But now all of the data is is an overwhelming fashion and overwhelming conclusion is that people are going online and they're reading and they're learning and they're listening online and their trust is built with a person or a brand before they ever make contact with that company. And that changes everything for salespeople because uh, that I think uh, leads to one of the other predictions that we talked about. Uh, the emergence of the personal brand is becoming more and more important. It's been enabled primarily by social media, right? But but people come to know you and uh, and where you work is a part of what you do. And so the online presence that you have as an individual matters tremendously. And if you're in any type of entrepreneurial role or sales role where you're paid for performance or commission, that is it's going to affect your business more and more in the future and i think we're we're seeing that already the way that you know we've in the past we've had celebrity ceos and i think in the future we might start to see more of like celebrity salespeople the more tr- the most trusted advisors in their field and so there is this this coalescence of sales and marketing happening and i think a lot of sales i mean just traditionally i remember when i used to work um at a company called MX Logic that was then bought out by McAfee, which was then bought out by somebody else. But it was, you know, I was an inside, uh, you know, enterprise level phone sales, and um, we were calling on big Fortune 500 companies and trying to trying to sell technology solutions. And 
the uh, you know even even back in those days at those that wasn't that long ago i mean maybe 12 years ago or something the the sales team and the marketing team were always at odds they always hated each other because the sales team would would, would thought the marketers just wasted a bunch of time and they didn't they didn't really do anything that really drove the company and all the leads came in were crap and the marketing team always hated the sales people because they thought they were lazy because they didn't know how to close anybody and they couldn't follow up with the lead and there's always this conflict and and i think what's happened in the last 10 years is this slow merger of the two where now technology is enabling us to do more like lead capture conversion. This is like Infusionsoft. Tools like Infusionsoft and others um, are really dynamic and they enable that marketing stuff to be converted to real dollars and to be able to track where the leads are coming from and which ones are converting. It's, it's a sales mentality being brought to the marketing function of a business or to a marketing department. And so the marketing is is having to learn more and more sales principles. Well, on the sales side, because of social media and all the noise online and because of the zero moment of truth and, and because of content marketing, all of those people, those salespeople, are now little mini marketing machines. And the brand of a company is no longer controlled and defined by the marketing department of that company. Today, the brand of a company is the aggregate total of the brands of the individuals in that company. Employees are the brand, and social media has changed that, and um, the world is changing. And, and to be on the cutting edge is, is to, to be watching trends that are happening and paying attention uh, and not just living in the dark thinking, well, that's you know stupid or that's just a fad. It's going to come and go. Uh, I mean, social media is not a fad. It, it's it's it is it's not even a trend. It is everyday life. It's a systematic, uh, critical part of every business, and it's only becoming more so. This idea of user-generated content, the clients, uh, the customers, the employees, uh, us, the individuals creating the content, not just the company itself. So I think. We're seeing this, and there's some really good things, some really great trends that are coming out about this. And there's, you know, some really great things. I mean, I think holding marketers accountable to the results that they're producing in an empirical fashion is beautiful. That's a great part of business. And marketers should be excited about it too, to be able to demonstrate their value in real hard dollars empirical ROI. Well, salespeople, I think it's also great to hold salespeople accountable to the idea of their reputation and and the, of, of making sure they're professional everywhere they go because they are an extension of the company. Salespeople interact with, with more individuals than anybody else. I mean, even more than the customer service team. Salespeople are the extension of the company's brand and social media is amplifying that. And so I think that's great. The other real positive thing about this merger of sales and marketing really becoming one is that it's forcing salespeople and marketers and companies in general to be more honest. And this mindset that we talk about, um, and you're going to hear me saying this word more and more and more as we are ramping up for some of the key strategic things we'll be doing in the future, servant selling is becoming more and more essential for salespeople to survive. And that's why we're talking about servant selling. We're teaching servant selling. We're coaching people on servant selling. But it's also why, you know, I just wanted to give you this whole preface, preface because uh, this is 
why we're going to be talking more about marketing on this show and on our blogs and in our content because we see this trend happening and that's what we want to do, right? This is insights and inspiration for movers and shakers in the world of business. And that's who you are. That's why you're listening. And our goal is to equip you to be prepared to handle the challenges and, and to be ahead of the curve so that your business thrives and survives and, and that you are on the leading edge. So we're talking more and more about marketing. And today we have uh, a guy that I just love. His name's Andrew Davis. And he's just He's, he's one of these guys that's way out there on the bleeding edge of marketing and watching all the ratios and he's at all the con he's speaking at all the conferences and he's you know uh, part of all the research and uh, is just a lot to learn from these kind of guys. So I'm excited because I think the world of sales and marketing is coming closer and closer together. And so you salespeople, you need to learn some of this stuff and you marketers, of course, if you're listening, you're, you know, getting exposed to a lot of the sales principles that we talk about. So we're glad that you're here. We're going to get started with this interview just after this message. This episode is sponsored by Southwestern Coaching. Southwestern Coaching has helped over 11,000 people increase their incomes by over 25% on average. As a successful salesperson, you know the importance of increasing your sales, but sometimes you might just need a little extra push and accountability to meet your goals and grow your business. Southwestern Coaching will help you increase your income through one-on-one -on -one sales and leadership coaching tailored specifically to your needs. Together, we will elevate sales. To schedule your free one-on-one -on -one business action planning session with a Southwestern coach, go to www.southwesternconsulting.com forward slash action catalyst. If you've listened to this show in the past, you know how much I love Jay Bear. Jay Bear is one of my best buddies, uh, one of my closest speaker friends. We've had him on the show a couple times here. And Jay introduced me to Andrew Davis, the man you're about to hear. So we have become fast friends. And Andrew is a character, and he's brilliant. Um, Jay described him as basically being if Malcolm Gladwell had a business side to his brain, that he would be Andrew, which I loved that <laughs> I love that description. And um, Andrew has, uh, he's been on the Today Show. He's worked for the Muppets. Uh, he has worked for Fortune 500 brands. He's worked uh, in tiny startups. He had a book come out a while back called Brandscaping. He has a new book out called Town Inc. Um, and he co-founded a company called Tipping Point Labs that really helps uh, brands to market their products. And I've seen him around at different conferences, and he's a speaker. He's often one of the highest-ranked speakers. I got a chance to see him speak last year and sit in his audience, and uh, he spoke at the Fortune Growth Summit, which I'm speaking at this year, so I'm going to miss him. But just a cool guy and a guy that's out there in the leader of the world of marketing and somebody we need to be paid attention to. So, Andrew, thanks for being here. Thanks. What a great introduction. It's so nice to be on the show. Jay Bear is such a great guy and, and also one of my closest speaker buddies. So it's so nice to, uh, you know, to, for, for him to connect us. It's great. Yeah. Well, I love hanging out with you guys like you because I feel like you, you push me to be, you know, forward thinking. And uh, I mean, gosh, like five years ago, I'd never even heard the word marketing. And then it, it's, you know, we've been, we've been building our, <laughs> our sales, you know, coaching business, which is our core business, what we do, but it, it seems like marketing has more and more and more become just a part of my world. And, um, you know, so our listeners here are, you know, salespeople, they're executives, et cetera. But I think the world of, um, 
you know, I just wrote an article a few weeks ago about 10 predictions for the future of selling in 2016 and beyond. And one of the, the core theme of that article was the, the merger or the like amalgamation of sales and marketing becoming more and more one thing as content marketing takes shape and we develop online conversion funnels and things. It, it really is becoming the same. So my first question, yeah. and I'm just selfishly asking you are like, what do you think are some of the biggest trends that are happening in the world of marketing either right now or in the next few years that I go, okay, I don't want to be left behind and I don't want to be <laughs> ignorant. What do I need to pay attention to? Okay. So I, I mean, I think there are three things. It's funny that you're, you know, uh, one of the, your predictions was that, that you're going to be thinking more and more about marketing. I actually think that uh, more and more, marketers are going to be selling. I actually think that one of the big trends we'll see is that kind of everybody's in sales mm -hmm. in the future and that, uh, you know, the entire organization has to be focused in on understanding how it works, um, when to do it, why you do it. And so the, the more the organization understands that, the better your marketing becomes, the better your customer support becomes, the better your services. So I think one of those big trends is kind of the evolution of sales mm -hmm. um, across the organization. Uh, which is maybe the same thing you're saying. I think number two, you know, obviously video is really big, um, especially, you know, shorter, uh, uh, like more instant and even Snapchat types video. Uh, if you've been watching actually Jay Bear, even on, on Snapchat, he's he's been going full force on it lately, uh, especially with his new book, Hug Your Haters. And I'm seeing lots of other people doing it as well. So, you know, making sure you're you're able to tell something in video is important, but more important in video is actually showing me something instead of just telling me something. There's huh. lots of talking head stuff. Uh, and I think one of the big trends we'll see over the next couple of years is stop telling me stuff, start showing me stuff. Um, and, and if you're going to start video today, that's what I want you to think about. Wow. So now it's interesting. Yeah. I saw a statistic uh, that you guys published and I, I don't think it was your research, but you published it that 74% of all internet traffic in 2017, so that's like not even two years away, 74% yeah. of all traffic will be video. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, it's not easy to, uh, you know, to, to imagine that 74% of all traffic is video. It is easy to imagine that, uh, you know, you're going to spend more and more time creating video and watching video as you start learning new things, as you want to embrace something new. And, and that, you know, the, the, the data point is a little misleading because at the end of the day, you know, they're, they're talking about the, the total traffic in megabytes and video takes up a lot of space. Oh, I got so, you. you know, so it's actually it's a little bit. But skewed, that but... it, yeah, it's a little bit confusing, but I, I, you know, definitely videos on the top of everybody's mind these days. And it's so effective in getting people to act, you know, video is a really smart way to tell a good story. And if you can show me those things that, that inspire me to do something, you're going to be really effective with it. And, and I think number three is I think more and more marketers are actually going to spend less time creating stuff over the next two years. And they're going to focus more on uh, just a few pieces of really meaningful and impact, impactful content, but distributed on a regular basis, just like you do with the, the podcast. Uh, or, you know, the email newsletter, those kinds of things are going to become more and more valuable as we try to cut through information overload over the next few years. So, so essentially, I, I want you to think about sales for everyone. 
I want you to think about video uh, in a really meaningful way. Show me, don't tell me. And and I think if you're really going to be effective over the next few years, uh, really hanging your hat on some consistently delivered high quality content is going to make a big difference. Mm. Yeah, I love the show me something. Our a, a huge part of our training at Southwestern Consulting. Yeah, you know, we've grown from four people when we started 10 years ago yeah. to three years ago, we had 25. Now we have 115. Wow. Uh, and a huge part of, of our training. I mean, a, a massive, like 90% of our training is all happening internally with video um, and not just talking head, but uh, drawing out things on whiteboards and exactly. show, screen capture and all that kind of stuff. So that's really interesting. I've not thought of that as a trend, although that is something that is a big part of actually been my role, you know, producing these little videos and they're not high production. They're, they're just like get, getting important content out. So um, one of the things you said that really kind of caught me by surprise was you, you wrote an article that said traffic doesn't matter. Stop counting it. And, <laughs> and I'm like, well, damn it. I thought traffic, like, isn't, isn't traffic the goal? Like, isn't that the whole thing? Like, oh, I've got so many, you know, visitors or so many. And then I'm yeah. reading your stuff, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, so <laughs> unpack that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's certainly uh, counterintuitive. I mean, you know, look, traffic is one of those, is a great leading indicator, but it's not necessarily the end all be all. You can have great traffic and still get no leads. Uh, you know. BuzzFeed is really good at getting people to click on articles and to, you know, look at pictures and they generate huge amounts of traffic. But at the end of the day, do those people do anything with that traffic? I mean, they make money from advertising, so it's good for them. The end of their day, their business is traffic. Your, your, the end of your day isn't traffic. You want quality over quantity. And if you can actually just generate the right kind of traffic, uh, the numbers become less and less relevant. Quality over quantity can make a big difference. When it comes to that, I actually met, uh, this was a few years ago, but I met a, a, a salesman who um, was, was essentially a Mercedes dealership uh, owner. And he kept getting reports from his sales team about their marketing efforts. You know, they were going out to events and showing their Mercedes at these events. Uh, most of them were car shows. And, uh, you know, he would say, how are the events? And the guy would say, well, we got, you know, 2,000 leads last weekend at the car show. Uh, and eventually he started wising up and saying, well, how many of these leads are actually converting? And they had a really low conversion rate, but the, the, the number of leads and the traffic was great. Mm-hmm. So what, what, the, what this owner did was started telling these guys to take the cars, the Mercedes, to stop taking them to car shows where we're getting lots of leads, but they're low value, and try some new things. So these guys started t- taking their cars to boat shows. And all of a sudden, they would get fewer leads, 10, 15, but very high quality leads, really? nine of those would close over the next three weeks. And and all of a sudden, his motto became, are you selling cars at a boat show? Uh, and, and really got people thinking in the dealership for, to you know stop worrying about just getting that traffic and get the right kind of people in the door and go somewhere where everybody else is not. Huh. And, and you, can, you can think of the web as the same way. Yeah, so you kind of talk about that. Well, you talk about the get rich, target a niche thing, which we're, I want to touch on in a second. But yeah. I think um, you know, on the web, and you're, it seems like you're a big believer in just this, you know, creating killer content. And you and Jay seem to yeah. be really aligned in that space. And I know that some of your background, uh, you know, is in the TV world. And if you think, you know, like um, one of the predictions that we talked about was that more and more salespeople 
okay, to what you and I were just discussing, salespeople are going to be yeah. part of the content production for a company by way of just sure. their Facebook pages and their Instagram, and they are extensions of the brand of the company. Um, and then also the company, of course, is still having their marketing teams try to like put out valuable content. So in general, what do you feel like are some of the keys or like the big secrets to what really makes killer content online? Oh man. Okay. So I think, I think it's, I actually think it's pretty simple. Um, I think if, if, if you're going to sell something to, you know, today and build your brand, uh, in the digital world and become that kind of marketing salesperson, you got to just do three things. Number one, you have to provide me with quality insight, uh, you know, quality content. And that means it actually has to be unique. Uh, I, don't create commodity content for me because I get tons of that. So I don't care what you sell or who you're selling it to. Create something that, that's different and really insightful and specifically for me, the audience you're targeting. There's too much generic stuff out there. So the deeper you go, the better it'll be. Number two, you've got to consistently deliver it. You should set an expectation with your audience. And every Tuesday, you're going to you know, post something on LinkedIn or you're going to email me some insight on, uh, that I'm going to find valuable. That consistency, that, that appointment with your audience is really, really underrated in today's online world. People think that, you know, it's all on demand and we're always there. That's, that's true. But when you set an expectation and you deliver on it, people build a real relationship with you. They start to see it. They expect it. And when you don't send it, they start to wonder where you are. Why aren't you in my inbox? Or why right. didn't I get that video sent to me today? Uh, and the third thing is, is essentially just remaining relevant. <laughs> so it goes back to the quality piece. But, you know, too often I think people stray from what's working and, um, you know, we'll send a newsletter that's just about the Super Bowl predictions this week. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff destroys your credibility and actually doesn't add to the relationship you're building through the kind of content you're creating with the audience. So if you can keep it high quality, if you can consistently deliver it and make a point with the audience, and, it, and you remain relevant uh, to what you do and your expertise for the audience you're targeting, you'll, you can create great content. And you can do less of it, actually. Huh. I love the, the uh, consistently delivering it piece. That is, I think that is probably the part that people underestimate is, is just even showing up at the same time at the same place and you, you build that trust and that consistency. I mean, that's, that's a huge, yeah. that's a huge one. That, that you, is a huge one. Yeah. That, that's, that's a really powerful part. And there are people that have done really great, you know, um, uh, uh, things with just one appointment every week. Actually, Gary Vaynerchuk's a great example of that. Um, you know, delivered Wine Library TV every single day at three o'clock in the afternoon, and you know, built himself a huge sixty million dollar mail order business on it. There are others that have done the same kinds of things, but the appointment is is crucial. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I want to get to like the core of your message in general. I think when you talk, um, or you know, at least what I think of when I think of Andrew Davis, it's it's, it's get rich by targeting a niche or, you know, get rich, target a niche. Yeah, that's right. can, can you explain like what that means exactly and how do we apply that? And, and particularly in the future, does that apply only at the company level? Uh, does that apply at the individual level? Like if I'm an individual salesperson or like, how do you? Yeah. It, you know what? Get rich, target a niche is a simple concept that applies almost at any level to any person. I think, the more I actually call it fractal marketing, but the idea is really simple. 
if you just divide and subdivide your audience constantly, you'll finally find a node where, where no one else is targeting those people. Or if they are targeting it, they're not doing a very good job. They're not doing it consistently. They're not get, building a real relationship with them. And you can actually own that, that one area first and actually sell higher margin, higher quality product to those people without doing much more than just tailoring the message to those people. So uh, think of it this way. If, uh, if you're selling travel services, maybe you're a travel agent in, in this day and age, that's a tough business to run. But if sure. you can provide insight to a valuable audience, you could either divide the audience into, you know, on one side, commercial business travelers, right? People like you and I that travel all over the world speaking, maybe that would be a great niche to go after. And if you created content specifically for me and you offered me a very specific type of service, even at a higher margin than other travel agents, I'd probably subscribe to that service. I would say you are the travel agent for me. And there's, this has happened with lots and lots of people uh, that, that I've seen. In fact, uh, if you have, five minutes and you're, you're looking for some entertainment, you should check out uh, a YouTube channel uh, called the Missouri Star Quilt Company. And it's a woman the named quilt? Jenny Stone. Like a blanket? Like quilt. A quilt? Yeah, like a blanket. Q-U-I-L-T. Okay. And she, <laughs> she realized, so look, there are lots of quilting videos online. There are about 10,000 uh, a month uh, in new quilting videos added. Wow. And when Jenny Doan, who's in her 60s, look, this is for everybody, uh, started adding one quilting video every week, she realized she had to get rich by targeting in She went one level deeper. She started creating quick quilting video tutorials. This is for people that not are, they're not interested in normal quilting. They're not interested in making a quilt over the course of nine months. They want to do a quilt in a day. Mm. And she started creating a video every single Thursday on how to do this. She built a relationship with about 250,000 subscribers, most of whom watch every single video she distributes. Wow. Uh, and she actually turned a retail store in the middle of nowhere. It's in Hamilton, Missouri, which has a very small population. Under 1,000 people live there. She turned her store, Missouri Star Quilt Company, into a store that not only has an online presence that, that kicks ass every month, they probably do about, uh, you know, 3,000 orders a day on their online store now, uh, but they also generate 50,000 tourists a year who come to Hamilton, Missouri, just to meet Jenny Doan and see the store and wow. buy their products and stay at her hotel. She's built a hotel now. They, they built a restaurant there, and that's all because they targeted a very specific niche, people who want to quit quilts. Not every quilter, not people who want to craft, just people who want to quick quilt. Huh. Well, that's very interesting. You know, I, I we've talked uh, a, a, a just a few episodes ago, I guess we, we announced kind of a soft launch that we have. We are, um, you know, helping uh, – we do. We know a lot about Infusionsoft, as you know. You and I met at Infusionsoft yeah, before, sure. and yeah. you know specifically doing and helping speakers and authors create their own Infusionsoft kind of like application because it's so we know it so well and we know that industry so well yeah. and we're well known in that industry. You know, we have a lot of credibility in that space. Um, so it's interesting because we've been talking about like uh, you know we can do it for lots of people, but that that can be our core like. Uh, you know, we can really help that kind of market. That audience. Uh, yeah, and you can sell it at a higher margin if I think it's for me. Right. So when I question whether the service – I met another guy who actually he sells, um, he, he sells siding, uh, and he realized that um, if, he, if, if his target market went not from just anyone but a very specific target market of people who had kids under two – 
okay? And generally they were, you know, kind of young couples. Uh, he could actually upsell these people very rapidly on a bunch of additional services that made them feel better about the product they were buying, feel safer about the work that was going to be done because it included like lead removal, you know, things like that that can be very dangerous. And he was selling higher margin packets much more frequently by going very specifically to this audience. And he even created like a, a separate website just for these people with content specifically for them. Uh, and, and all of a sudden, not only was he, you know, killing it with, with all the calls he was making outbound, but he was generating huge inbound business that wasn't even in his area. <laughs> so he started basically teaching other people in other markets how to package the same services that they always offer, have offered and go after this very specific, you know, target market. So, you know, niche, nicheifying, <laughs> getting rich by targeting a niche is much more simple than you might think, but highly valuable to the sales organization uh, and, and, and very easy when it comes to the communication. Hmm. So uh, on that note, you know, talking about, you mentioned this story about the, the Missouri Star, uh, Star Quilt Company. Uh, yeah. That kind of fits into a little bit. Your newest book is called Town Inc. Grow Your Business, Save Your yeah. Town, Leave Your Legacy. What uh, Can you kind of give us a rundown real quick of what is Town Inc. all about? How does it how does it fit into this whole like sure. marketing mix? <laughs> well, what's interesting about uh, about Town Inc. is it re it's really it forces you to think about one big question, which is what if I marketed the place I do business just as much, if not more, than the business I actually do? So, think uh, where is Southwestern Consulting based? Nashville, Tennessee is where our headquarters is. Nashville, Tennessee. So Nashville, Tennessee is, is known to most people as the country music capital of the world, right? And if you want to be in the country music business, where do you go? You move to Nashville. Uh, and if you want to be taken seriously as a credible country music singer, songwriter, you have to be from Nashville. Nashville has this kind of, I call it location envy, that conjures up something special about the brand. And no matter what you sell, if you spend some time and energy marketing the place you make or build or, or you know, base your business along with the business you do, you'll all of a sudden see a change in the perception of the business you've generated. Um, and th this happens in retail. It happened with Missouri Star Quilt Company. Jenny Doan turned around her town essentially by just saying, hey, we have a real store. You can come visit us in, in Missouri and in Hamilton and, you know, come come stay at our hotel. We have a hotel called Smithsonian Stay. And all of a sudden people started thinking of, of Hamilton, Missouri as the quick quilting capital of the world. Uh, the more you do this, the, the, the bigger the effect on your business, the town, and, and, and eventually, uh, you know, the hope is you can make a big impact in, in the community. Give back. Mm-hmm. And where do you, uh, so Andrew, where do you want people to go if they want to connect with you and uh, find out more? And, and Oh, sure. Well, they can, uh, you, the easiest way to find me is actually on Twitter. So uh, I'm at TPL Drew. TPL stands for the agency, Tipping Point Labs that I used to run. So uh, TPL Drew is the, the easiest way to find me. You can also uh, sign up for six inspirational videos over lunch at you'vebeendrewed.com. That's, that's a, an easy way to get the rest of my information and find the books and stuff like that. So uh, so those two, you'vebeendrewed.com or TPL Drew. Cool. And the last little thing is, you know, it seems like recently you've been talking a lot about how companies, they need to, or brands in general, need to think more like publishers. Um, yeah. And, and you also talk about uh, so I'm going to kind of package these two questions together about 
um, companies and individuals finding their uniqueness in the marketplace. So what does that mean to think like a publisher and how do we parlay that into also like, uh, you know, finding our uniqueness and communicating that? Sure. Well, so uh, I think if you're, if you want to think like a publisher, the real goal is to actually, you know, build a relationship through a content brand with your audience. And that's what publishers do. You know, if you have a relationship with uh, your, your your favorite magazine, if you have a relationship with your, your favorite radio station, even television station, uh, you know, in the media business, they're in the business of building a relationship with you through the content they generate. And that's why I think every company has to think like that. If you're going to be a great marketer, you've got to think like a media company. You have to build that relationship through high quality, consistently delivered, relevant content that, you know, with the audience you're trying to attract. And, and the <laughs> the, the big piece of the puzzle is you actually have something to offer them when they're ready. So content builds relationships. Relationships are built on trust, and trust is really what drives revenue no matter what you sell. So uh, if you can think that way, you can think like a publisher, and you'll, you can be really successful. I've already forgot the second part of the question. I got so excited about thinking like a publisher. No, that's great. <laughs> I, so I think, um, you know, uh, I think that's been the real consistent theme of this whole talk about just the consistently delivering quality content, making sure it's relevant yeah. to a specific yeah. age. Um, in terms of finding our uniqueness, okay, so I go, okay. Oh, yeah. So as a publisher, I, yeah. I got to hit this consistent publishing schedule. Um, but yeah. in terms of like, how do I go about finding my uniqueness or my hook or Your my uni- niche? Yeah. Great, great question. So a hook is, you know, I define it as a simple twist on a familiar theme. And I think the best way to find your hook, the, the, the best way to kind of pull out what's unique about you is to, to connect the dots between what you've done in the past and what you're doing today and really showcasing how that makes the quality of the service you offer uh, or the products and services you sell unique. Um, and I'll give you just a quick example. I met a guy that he's basically a, a floor contractor. Uh, he installs floors. He's really good at it. He doesn't have a website. He doesn't have a LinkedIn page. He doesn't advertise in the yellow pages. It's a hundred percent referral based business. And when I said, why don't you market what you do? Actually, he's based in Nashville. Oh. Um, he said, because I used to be in the private investigation business. I respect my client's privacy and I only work with, with um, generally famous uh, clientele that people would recognize. And I, I pride my, uh, myself on the fact that I keep them, you know, their, their projects even under code names so that no one knows that I'm working on, you know, Shania Twain's new house or whoever, Garth Brooks's new place. Um, and that's one of the reasons people hire him and that he charges a, a higher margin than other people. Uh, and it comes from his background, connecting the dots between what he used to do and what he does today in a way that makes him the this, this special person to provide me with some unique insight and, and service that I won't get from anyone else. Well, that's kind of cool. What what have I done in the past and what am I doing today? And connecting those two is kind of the, inter- right. the intersection of our uniqueness. That's what- right. Well, I love it, my friend. What a great little uh, tip to uh, take the obscure and make it practical. And I really appreciate you, Andrew, and keep uh, inspiring. And and thank you for all the insights you're putting out there in the world. And I hope I get to see you soon. I will. I'll see you on the road. Thank you. You you guys do great work. And it's so nice to be part of the show. And I'm glad we got uh, you know connected. I am actually sitting 
here in a hotel looking out my window at Waikiki Beach in Hawaii and just thinking about as I was going back and listening to this conversation with Andrew about how the world is changing and content marketing is changing the world and it's it's amazing how it gives you a chance to reach the whole world. And I'm, I'm not on vacation. I'm actually speaking at a conference, two different conferences, um, that both happen to be Hawaii the same week. So actually, I'm back-to-back days. So I'm just here for a few days. But, um, you know, this is a, a whole part of the world that I have not spent much time in, and, and yet we're reaching people by the things that we're doing. And, and so many great ideas and philosophies and concepts that Andrew was talking about. And I, I just wanted to take a few minutes to tie this all together. You know, I started the show with the the trends and the the things that that I personally see happening. Of course, it's from our work and as a team at Southwestern Consulting, but I, I can't necessarily say that the whole company is seeing those trends or promoting those. But for me personally, that those are the big trends that I see that are happening and and I think content marketing is huge and it is something that we are very focused on as a company and helping all of our consultants and coaches to understand and we're moving in that direction. So um, I wanted to share five ideas for how you can create a content marketing machine. That's it. It's just these five principles of if you do buy into this stuff and you do kind of, if you see some of the signals and signs of the things that I'm suggesting that we've been talking about on this particular episode about how things are changing, these are five things uh, that you need to understand in order to kind of prepare yourself and take pragmatic or practical action on these on these concepts to, to make sure you're not left behind in the future. So number one, this one's very straightforward and it's probably the most important, honestly. Number one is commit to building an audience as much as you commit to creating content. Commit to building an audience as much as you commit to creating content. And I've said this before. This is something that I learned. Remember, it's not called New York Times Best Writing Author. It's New York Times Best Selling Author. And if you ask I mean, if you ask the average audience of entrepreneurs or leaders or speakers, you say, how many of you would like to write a book someday? Everybody raises their hand, right? They go, oh, yeah, I would love to write a book. But if you ask the question, how many of you are passionate about building an audience? Probably much fewer hands because most people haven't thought about it. But that is the reality of what it takes is you have to Think about it differently. You have to think about this not as writing your own book, not as getting your message out there into the world, not about impacting people, not about changing lives, but you have to think as much about building an audience. And that is a mental shift. And that mental shift is huge for becoming one of the thought leaders in the world. So change your mind towards thinking about building an audience and commit to doing that. Number two, commit to consistent schedules and consistent mediums. You have to do that if you want to create a content marketing machine. You have to create a consistent schedule and consistent mediums. You have to hit your mark. You have to work on schedule because if you're not, if, if you're posting sporadically, that's the equivalent of inviting somebody to meet you for lunch 
but you don't tell them what day to meet you or where to meet you. And that's what you do all the time. These bloggers that post randomly and sporadically, just like, oh, here's an article here and here's an article there. Nobody's listening. They don't know when the show is on. Think about primetime television. The show is every Wednesday at 6.30 or every Friday or every Saturday. You got to do the same thing. Create a content marketing machine by consistent schedule. Run on perspiration, not inspiration. You got to run on a schedule. You can't run on when you feel passionate. Number three, commit to serving a specific audience. That's the deal, right? You, you can't create a podcast that serves everybody. You have to serve a specific audience. Now, here's the trick, and here's the thing that I learned, is that your audience has much more to do with psychographics than demographics. Both as a writer, a podcaster, a blogger, it has much more to do with psychographics than demographics. What's the difference? Demographics are characteristics about a physical person, their age, their ethnicity, their race, their gender, where do they live, what's their education level, those are demographics, but that's not as nearly as important as their psychographics. What are psychographics? Psychographics are their, their intellectual distinctions. It is their, their psychological delineations. What is this show about? Who is this show for? Very simple. This show, it says that the start of every show is for movers and shakers in the world of business. And we cover all topics, all skills, all things related to that. But it is for a specific audience, people who are movers and shakers in the world of business, which means they are entrepreneurs, they are leaders, they are salespeople. They might be intrapreneurs. They are working inside of companies, but they are movers and shakers. These, This show is for the hustlers. This show is for the leaders. This show is for the people who will be leading companies in the future and all of the trends they need to know and the skills they need to develop. So for you to build a content marketing machine, you have to commit to an audience. Number four, commit to a topic. And actually, I think a better phrase for that rather than committing to a topic is to commit to a lens. A lens, just like somebody who wears glasses, right? After a long enough time, you forget that the glasses are on your face. And that is what you want to do. That is what people need. They want to see the world through your eyes. They want to see the world through your lens. What is my lens? Very simple. My lens is self-discipline. Everything that we share on this show is filtered through that lens about discipline and taking action and and doing those things. And so the, the educational information, the insights, the inspiration, it is all focused through that lens. And so what is your lens? What is your unique perspective on the world because there's so much media out there and in order to build a content marketing machine people have to know what is unique about you and they want to relate to you and so you want to have this unique lens this unique way of seeing the world and those people who believe in your lens and buy into your lens and buy into your view they will start following and they will share with friends just like the people on this show they share with friends because they go oh my gosh like this guy's talking about discipline He's talking about all the things that nobody talks about anymore. And that's why those people share this show with their friends. And hopefully you have been sharing this show with your friends and your team members and your colleagues because it's like 
You have me chirping in their ear every week talking about get your butt in gear, do the work it takes, study hard, be coachable, learn new things, and then put it into action. So that's the lens of this show. But but what is your lens of, of your company or your website? What is your unique view on the world? And number five, the last thing in terms of how to create a content marketing machine. And this one is huge, huge. And this is something that has been natural for me and natural for Southwestern Consulting. And it's, it's a massive one. Number five is commit to serving. Commit to serving. In other words, the whole purpose of what you're doing in terms of the content that you're putting out there, the media that you're putting out there, it can't just be to make money, right? I mean, that's the problem is we're all going around, how do we make ROI and how do we, you know, is this paying for itself and how can I spend time or money on this? Well, yeah, we have to be worried about those things, sure, but that can't be the ultimate driving force. In the next generation, you have to be willing to serve people, right? It's servant selling, service-minded selling. It's what we talk about all the time on this podcast because it's all about serving. You, you, you cannot quantify the power and the impact of just serving people. And, you know, if you go, well, well, how do I create an audience? How do I create a content marketing machine? I don't have anything to say. Sure you do. It's really simple. Just think about this. All of the people in your audience... What are all the questions they have? Just make a list of all the questions they have that they need answered and answer them. And just write one blog post per question. Create one episode uh, per question. That's that's exactly what I do. It's just I'm serving, right? I'm going, what are people interested in? What answers do they need? And we're just trying to answer them. And if you do that, you'll create an audience. You'll build trust. You'll build a fan base. And, and you'll create this content marketing machine, which is really fabulous because you become well-known and you can monetize it. You can generate leads for your business. You become a thought leader. You generate media. You can sell books and uh, all these things. You, you make an impact on the world. And so that's it. Those are the five major lessons and the five things that you need to do to create a content marketing a machine. You need to commit to building an audience. You need to commit to a consistent schedule. You need to commit to a specific type of audience. You need to commit to a particular lens. And you need to commit to serving people. And that's it. That's it. That's all you have to do. Super simple. It's hard to be nervous when your heart's on service. And I think that's the future. I think it's a huge thing. It's what we're focusing on Southwestern Consulting. Look, we just celebrated our 10-year anniversary last week. We hit $10 million. We flew past $10 million, as a matter of fact. And when we look to the future and we go, what do we need to be doing? We need to be equipping our team to create a content marketing machine. We need to be a content marketing machine. We need to be trusted. A part of our vision is to be the most trusted sales performance company in the world, worldwide. And so we're going to give you more free information, more free advice, because we think that is the direction of the future. So what is your market? What can you commit to? And most of all, whether you're a leader or an owner or an entrepreneur or a manager or a salesperson, most of all, the question to ask is, who can you be serving? Who can you serve? How can you serve them? If you focus on that, you will never lose. It's hard to be nervous 
when your heart's on service. If you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to subscribe, leave a review, and screenshot this episode to share with your friends on social media. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Action Catalyst and subscribe to our video podcast on YouTube. Thanks for listening.